This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. It is great to have everybody back for this edition of The Drop. It is Saturday, February 24th. The month of February is about over, and this has been a bad month for the Blues. They are losers of their last five. I know NHL.com shows them losing three in a row because they're not counting that loss to the Predators. Well, it's a loss. Whether you get a point out of it in overtime, it's still a loss. They haven't won a game in five games, and they've not been playing very well. Some people think this team has the talent and they're not playing up to it. Some people think. This team doesn't have enough talent. Whichever you believe in, you may be right. You may be partially right. I tend to lean to the fact that this team was not put together well. This team doesn't have enough talent. They signed guys that they shouldn't have, that I brought out that they shouldn't have. Guys like Steen, guys like Berglund. It was time to move on from both of those guys. It it really was. Get something fresh in here with this team. Now, Berglund's contract is not bad. It's not. Steen, on the other hand, at almost $6 million a year, that was just stupid. Just totally stupid. And over the last couple of years, he's went down in his play. He just has. He has good games. I like Alexander Steen. At around $6 million a year? No, I don't. Not at his age and what he brings. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, he's got... A lot of goals, and he's just been playing so well for the Blues off and on here, and he's starting to play better. I've seen some good games from him. Don't get me wrong. I have. I've seen some pretty good games from him. He scored 13 goals in 56 games. Let's say over the next 20 games that are left, he gets six goals. Let's say that. And four assists. So that's 19 goals and 28 assists. Is that worth almost $6 million a year? I don't think it is, especially for a guy his age. He's not going to get better. It's not like he's a guy that's growing into his prime going into 27, 28 years old where his prime's going to be. His prime's way past him. And this supposed great two-way player is a minus 10. Now, a lot of you are going to say, well, that's Jake Allen's fault. Jake Allen's let in some soft goals. Yeah, Jake Allen's let in some soft goals. Carter Hutton at times has let in soft goals. But the defense of this team is not good. They're just not. And I don't know. If they can be that good, I, I just don't. Bo Meester's played a little bit better off and on as late. And he's a plus five, which is nice to see. But this team defensively has really struggled. But for a while there, they were playing great defensively and not able to score, but they were winning some games two to one, one to nothing, so on and so forth. But that has stopped recently. You can't allow four goals. You can't allow five goals. You can't allow three goals with this team. If teams score three goals against the Blues, chances of them winning are slim. This team can't score. There were a lot of negative comments about the fans booing Jake Allen and the team after the game from the players. And I'll get into that after we go over the highlights in the post-game interviews. But let's go ahead and get to the highlights. As I said in my last podcast, 
The Blues beat the Jets 5-2 to two at home. The Jets had the best record in the NHL at home. They're going to come in pissed. They're going to play a very good game. And I thought they played a very good game. But the Blues also helped them with a bad game defensively. And Jake Allen, two or three of those goals were his fault. But all those people that are blaming him for this loss, if he, if he doesn't allow any goals or he allows one, which would be awesome, or if he allows two, which would be great, they still don't win because they can't score. If your goalie gives up one goal and you can't score, it's still a loss. Regardless of whether you give up four goals, three goals, two goals, one goal, if you don't score more than the other team, it's a loss. And this team is not able to do that right now. We're going to get into the trade deadline. What's been going on a little bit with other teams, other teams making moves, whether the Blues should make a move or not. Most of you know my thoughts on this, but we'll go into it a little bit more. And some other news about player the Blues are interested in that was uh, set for the game tonight and was not playing due to the trade deadline coming up. But let's go ahead and get into the highlights of the Blues-Jets game. Hellebuck is a good goalie. He, he really is. He's really improved. He's one of the better improved goaltenders in the league. He's not the greatest goaltender in the league, but he's a solid goaltender. He really is. He got a shutout. You got to give the guy some credit. Even though the Blues offense wasn't great, they did put some shots on him, and he made some saves to keep the Blues off the scoreboard, including these three saves throughout the game. Trangelo. Nikolai Ehlers will carry it back in. Ehlers inside the line. That's as far as he gets in the quick up for Barbashev. He'll drop it back into the slot. Rister by Sabotka. Big glove save made by Connor Hellebass and didn't get enough on it. And that will allow Berglund to get it for Upshaw. Upshaw for Carl Gunnarsson. And a save made by Connor Hellebuck. Wasn't sure where it was. There's a shorthanded chance for the St. Louis Blues. Schwartz it back for Dunn. Dunn being watched by Shifley. Back for Schwartz. And another save by Hellebuck. And he juggled it for a split second. And then Shen took a bit of a jab at it. But it falls right back into the glove of Connor Hellebuck. So the Blues did get some pressure on Hellebuck. They especially got some pressure on him early. This team came out and played very well. I know from my opening monologue, you wouldn't think they had, but the first six to eight minutes of this game, they played a very good game. But the Jets would come in, get two quick goals to make it two to nothing. It just totally deflated them. And then the Blues would give up a third goal in the first period. And before you know it, they're going in the locker room in the second period down three to nothing, and their heads were down at that point. Dunn will dish it off. Chris Butler lost his footing. Odd man down. Lot of scores. Chris Butler lost his footing and went down. Mark Shifley finds Nick Patan, and Patan's second goal of the year has the Jets up one nothing. Well, a good presence in all three lanes on the forecheck and. Chris Butler, who's in his second game up with the Blues on a call-up. You mentioned in the pregame, Dennis, how the back end for the Blues is banged up a bit. And the ill-advised play up the wall, good turnover. And on the back door, Nick Patan gets his second goal in his last 58 games in the National Hockey League. Play goes on as Morrissey slowly makes his way up and back to the Winnipeg Jets bench. Shot score! Blake Wheeler! has extended the point streak to seven, and the Jets have a 2-0 lead. Well, you talk about Josh Morrissey paying the price. He gets a high stick from Yaskin, and Wheeler doesn't pay any attention to that as he does a real good job. Good numbers down low from the Jets to create the turnover, and then Enya, huge speed off the strong side, and Wheeler gets his third goal 
Pardon me, his fourth goal in his last four games. Wheeler, Bufflin, line A on the near side. Bufflin goes back for Wheeler. Wheeler, the wrist shot, the rebound, score! Allen makes the save off of Wheeler. Kyle Connor is there to bury it. 22 on the year for Kyle Connor, and another assist for Blake Wheeler. That is a career high in assists for Wheeler. Well, the 22nd of the year for Kyle Connor. What a season he is having in his rookie year. How many times have we seen Wheeler shoot the puck from that area in his last five games? He's not even looking to his left. That's a pass that normally ends up on the stick of Patrick Liney. But when you got a shot like that, why wouldn't you use it? Doesn't end up going in directly, but it sure creates a juicy rebound for Kyle Connor to get his fifth power play goal of the year. Some bad defensive play led to that first goal. Chris Butler fell down. Shifley was right there. Patan skated right in front of Jake Allen. Gets his second goal of the year. Shifley with that good pass gets his 29th assist. 10 minutes, 3 seconds in. The Blues are down 1 to nothing. 45 seconds later, Blake Wheeler comes in, gets his 18th goal. Connor gets his 18th assist. And Shifley gets his second point of the game with his 30th assist. 10 minutes, 48 seconds in. The Blues are down two to nothing. And that really, really deflated this team. It really did. That took the air out of the Scott Trade Center. It seemed to have taken the air out of the Blues after that very good start. And the rest of the period was dominated, I would say, by Winnipeg. Even though the Blues outshot Winnipeg in that first period, 14 to 11, I would say for about 13, 14 minutes, Winnipeg really dominated this game. That third goal, uh, was the power play goal by Kyle Connor. It gave the Jets a 3 to nothing lead, 18 minutes, 31 seconds into the first. Wheeler gets an assist, his 53rd. My goodness. Bufflin gets his 27th assist. Power play goal, 3 to nothing. Jets. Going into the second, you're hoping the Blues would maybe show some life, and they really didn't. But both teams kind of buckled down defensively. Neither team had very many shots on goal. Five for the Blues, five for the Jets. But what's bad for the Blues, the Blues had a couple power plays and only got five shots total in the second period. And it took them a long time to get any shots in that second period. The only goal that would happen would be Patrick Laine would come in and put one past Jake Allen to get his 29th of the year, and it put Winnipeg up four to nothing. Kulikov off the boards for Andrew Kopp. Kopp watched by Upshaw. Ehlers sends it rink wide for Line A. Line A scores! Patrick Line A snaps it from the top of the circle, blocker side. It's 4 0, and Line A has hit the 29 goal mark. Well, that's his fourth goal in his last four games. A four goal scoring streak here by Patrick Line, but this all starts from Nick Ehlers for me. He was excellent in the offensive zone. He creates the turnover. How about that? No look pass. Knows where his buddy is, rink wide, and then. Line A on the strong side. Well, we see what he can do on the one timer on the other side of the ice by a double threat as well, where he gets the puck and simply score from anywhere on the ice. Now, you can blame Jake Allen for this goal. Was he in the perfect position? No, he was not. He honestly was not. But Patrick Line is a great scorer. He knows how to score. He knew where he was putting that puck, knew exactly where he was putting that puck. Jake Allen may not have been in the best position, but. You got to give the guy credit. He is a goal scorer. He is a Tarasenko type player that can score from any angle, and he loves that shot from the faceoff circle. A lot of those guys do, like Ovechkin, Line, Matthews, McDavid. They love that spot because it gives them a good view of the goal, and the goaltender's got to be perfect in the way 
he takes his angle to those shots like that. If he's not, those great scorers are going to score goals, and that's what Patrick Laine did. That would be Laine's 29th goal. Eilers gets his 20th assist. Kopp gets his 13th assist. And that would be all the scoring. There would be no scoring in the third period. The Blues did not play a good third period. I thought they were very bad. Their passing was not crisp. A lot of neutral zone play where they couldn't get the puck to anyone. A lot of pucks floating around. A lot of guys losing pucks. Credit Winnipeg for shutting them down defensively in the third period. They Winnipeg played a pretty good third period. But the Blues just played a horrendous third period. Shots on goal. The Jets got 23. The Blues got 34. Face-offs, 33% for the Jets, 67% for the Blues. Power play, the Jets were 1 for 5. The Blues were 0 for 4. The Blues had 12 penalty minutes. The Jets had 10. Hits were pretty even, 24 to 20 in favor of the Blues. Blocks were very even, 17 to 16 in favor of the Jets. Giveaways, the Jets had 2 and the Blues had 7. Let's go ahead and get into the post-game interviews as we always do. We're going to hear from Jake Allen, Alexander Steen, and of course Coach Mike on another loss by the Blues to a Central Division team. Yeah, just too many mistakes throughout 60 minutes, you know, including myself. Um, but you see the turnovers we're making and, uh, against a top team like that at tons of speed. They shove it right back down our throats pretty quick. So, um, you know, we need to limit those. And tonight it. It uh, just sort of snowballed on us. So one or two, nothing. You're still in the game. They're just kind of too fragile. Everybody. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, yeah, I guess we're, you know, not mentally in the right place. I guess right now, you know, it, we, we're gonna we're gonna be behind in games. You know, the rest of the last 20 games of the year, we got to find a way to, you know, put it together, get a goal, get back in it, and you know, regroup. So um, we're not always gonna have the lead. Um, and we got to find a way to, you know, to just muster out a game, keep make a game out of it. You know, it doesn't have to be 20 minutes. You know, I just find a way to get back in the game and chip away and chip away and same stuff all the time. It's just we got to actually do it. Jake, is this as much maybe mental for the team as physical, or maybe the talent's just not good enough? Or mm-hmm. oh, it's not the talent. There's, we get the talent. It's just. We got to put it all together. We're not putting it all together right now. And the pieces of the puzzle are, are there. We're just not fitting. And you know, I, like I said, I just we're beating ourselves right now. You know, I think that's a really thing. You know, we're we're making mistakes that are, you know, ultimately they're actually not doing anything. That we're giving them the opportunities that they get, and they're making the most of them against one of the best teams in the league. They really can't do that. Jake on the Wheeler goal that made it 2 nothing. Would you have played that differently? Do you feel like you were off your angle there? Yeah, it was a bad goal. That was on me. Uh, you know, I uh, wasn't happy with that one. Jake, when you say you're mentally not in it right now, with, you're down to 20 games left. How, how do you try to find it right now? Yeah, it's, I don't think it's not that we're not mentally in it. I just think we, we're, we're cracking a little bit too soon. Um, you know, when we get behind a couple goals, it's a hockey game. You know, <laughs> it's the way the sport's created. we got to find a way to, all right, no big deal. We'll keep it going and stick together. I think we're we're uh, maybe trying to do everything a little bit too much right now. I think sometimes when you try too hard or you want it too bad, these things happen. Jake, so you had the team meeting this week. What else do you have in your bag of tricks here? You know, what else can you do? <laughs> Nothing. There's no really more talking. You know, keep like this. We're not going to make the playoffs. And you know, it's you got to face reality here a little bit and not pretend that this isn't an obstacle that we're facing right now. I think as a group, we're 
we're so used to, I think, having so many points and such a big lead at this time of year that, you know, we, we get into the playoffs either regardless we slip or we not. But right now, this isn't the case. And we're in a situation that I think a lot of us haven't really been in in the past. And, and you know, it's a test. Um, you know, I think we got to have the mindset we have nothing to lose and we got to play. And if we get some wins, we get some wins and, and get this thing going. So there's no really more time to talk from myself or anyone else. Yeah, I mean, uh, thought we came out with good jump and, uh, you know, we let in a couple goals and dig ourselves a hole. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, I think we, we were a little spread out against a, a solid team. They play uh, with good foundation to their game and, and we got extremely spread out at times during the game. You know, why are you guys struggling so much offensively, just generating goals? Well, right tonight now? it was we we dug ourselves a hole and and uh, they were able to sit on it. I think uh, again, I think we've talked about it. I think we need to get simplified, get uh, a little bit quicker in our game. Um, you know, pucks to the net, jam, and, and you know it's cliche. We've talked about it, but. Uh, it's got to start showing up on the ice. Did you get the looks you, you felt like you were looking for on the power play or no? Uh, yes and no, but I think it's I think it's it's uh, it was too inconsistent. You had meetings this week. Where do you go from here now, Steiner? Well, look, we got 20 games here. Uh, you know, obviously, done a lot of talking. It needs to start showing up on the ice now. Um, you know, 20 games, and, and we're in a fight here. Uh, you know, we're in a good division, and uh, we're going to play some, some good teams. But, um, you know, I think we need to find that, that swagger and confidence in us again and, and uh, get back to our game. But like I said, there's, there's uh, a lot of points on the table, but this needs to turn around uh, next game. When you're lacking swagger, lacking confidence, how difficult is it to find it when you fall behind so quickly? Uh, it's all about the process. Um, not worrying about about that part of the game you know you're going to get bounces for and bounces against and and sometimes teams are going to get a little momentum during the game and and uh you know it's it's the uh work ethic and the simplicity of the game i think that like i said earlier i think we can be a little bit quicker to get out of out of trouble and and support each other and and kind of turn the tide in the game and um you know, right now we're we're not doing it consistently enough, and and um, you know we're we, we're losing points as a result. Finger on one thing, but you take this all the way back to that Nashville game. It was that was that a little bit of a shell shock? It hasn't been the same since. Yeah, yeah. I would, well, I mean, I, I thought we played actually very well in Dallas. Uh, maybe it's the fact that we played. Uh, maybe it's both of them combined, to be honest with you, to, to come out of those two games, that how hard we played and how well we played and to come out with one point. But um, but that's what we have to do is stay with it. And uh, and so, you know, the fortune, we didn't get the results that we deserved, uh, you know, necessarily there, but it, that's that's what we're going to have to do is, is, is battle through it. And, and if we do, then if we play the – you know, that well, night after night after night, then we'll get wins. I don't want to. I don't want to use. Yeah, I don't want to use the word fragile. I, I mean, I think we would all take that personally. But 
Um, but no question, we're, we're not handling adversity as well as we can right now. Um, it's not a question of character. It's not, that's not the case. Um, it's, it's a matter of us figuring out how, how to handle it, how to, how to face it. Um, and you know, what you need to do, uh, you know, if you have three or four players, you know, when, whether you get down in a game or whether, you, you know, you know, you need to win that are trying to do more and trying to do extra and taking themselves out of their game. Um, and then you have a couple other players that kind of freeze up to the moment, then obviously, um, you know, you're not playing to your abilities. You have a, you have a good room. I mean, how do you fix it? Well, that's that's what we're gonna have to figure out. That's, uh, um, but that's uh, that's that's part of the challenge. That's part of making the playoffs. That's part of uh, you know getting to where you want to at the end of the year is is dealing with the ups and downs and finding a way. And uh, some teams do, and some teams don't. And the ones that do are the ones that get to uh, compete for uh, a Stanley Cup in April. Six years, you've been in a pretty, I know you weren't here, but pretty comfortable position making the playoffs. You could have a slip at the end of the year and still get in. A couple of the yeah. players mentioned that first time going through this, you kind of skin of your teeth there. Just, yeah, you know, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's something new, but, um, but, you know, again, this is, this is what we have to deal with. So, so let's deal with it. And, uh, um, you know, it, it could be different, but at the same time, you could also point to last year and certainly face some adversity last year. Um, you know, there was obviously a very difficult period of time for 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 a while, and uh, and so found a way to dig in, found a way to find our game. Um, you know, even uh, you know, even after losing five five in a row at the one point, I think that's where we ended up kind of finding our game. So, uh, not sure when it'll be. I'm hoping that it's next game, but I am confident that we will. Steve, you mentioned a day or two ago that the reaction if if, if you guys give up a that first goal isn't what you wanted. It just wasn't there tonight either. Well, it's outstanding start. I mean, we were all over them, uh, but you don't grab the lead, and and next thing you know, you find yourself down one, and then boom, it it, it was it was two, then it was three very quickly from there. Um, so uh, it just seems to be uh, one of those things right now that that. Uh, um, you know that it's hard not to get caught up in the oh you know here we go again or poor me whatever it is um, you know we're gonna, we just have to face it and whatever we have to do to get out of it uh, we can't wait for help and we can't feel sorry for ourselves we just have to find a way to do it. Mike, a couple of the players in the locker room said it bothered them and that the fans were kind of giving Jake Allen the Bronx cheer and Love Lavender saying it was one of very respectful for them. Yeah. Well, it should. It, I mean, it should. Yeah, for sure, it should. It should bother your teammates because you care for them, you love them, and and you feel for them. I I don't think I don't think by them saying that 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 they are. I don't think there's any disrespect to our fans. Our players love our fans, and uh, and they know the support that we have, and and they know how passionate they are about about us winning and us performing. Um, but but of course, I mean. When it comes down to it, they they love their teammate and and uh, they feel sorry for Jake for what's gone on. We haven't scored goals for him, and you know obviously when you're not scoring goals, then you know if Jake lets in a bad goal right now, we can't absorb that because we haven't been scoring goals. So I don't I don't think that Jake is going to hide from this in any way. I don't think he's going to come up here and say that he's playing the best hockey of his life. Um, but I also don't think that we as a group can say that we've helped him out a whole lot too. I know it's the last thing on your mind, but just for us to write this, uh, Shashinov uh, showed up today. Just yeah. To see him 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's actually going to be a good, good little injection uh, into our group. Um, he brings speed, he brings competitiveness, and uh, and I, I think that he's going to bring some life. and And sometimes just a little change like that can uh, can help spark things. Um, and uh, so, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping that he has a good practice tomorrow, and we'll see how he is for Sunday. What do we got to lose by throwing him in there? Let's get him in with the group and, and let's get him rolling. And and uh, and obviously the quicker we do that, the quicker he'll get up to speed with our game and with our group. What do you guys think of the post-game interviews? Do you think Jake Allen, Alex Dean, and Coach Mike were being honest? Do you think they're quite not getting it? Uh, what do you guys think? Let me know. Lance D at droppodcast.com. Or you can also find me on Twitter, official the drop. Let me know what you think. I'm going to give you my thoughts. My thoughts are this. Jake Allen was pretty honest. I thought Jake was the most honest out of all three of them. He really was. Coach Mike talks about uh, they played better in Dallas and deserved to win. When the other team outscores you two to one, you're not deserving to win. <laughs> Yeah, they did play pretty good against Dallas. I thought they did. But Dallas got the goals they needed, and the Blues were unable to score. Just like we've been saying for good. Ben Bishop played a good game. He did not have to play a great game. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, Mike Yo does not use the term fragile. He doesn't want to use that because it might offend or upset people. This team is playing fragile. They're not playing tough. They're not finishing checks. They're not getting physical, and that's just part of it. You can be physical all you want to and finish checks, but if you're not scoring off of opportunities from getting pucks away from guys in the corner, from finishing checks, and making that team afraid to move around too much because they're afraid to get hit, you're not going to get your scoring opportunities. Physicality leads to scoring opportunities. It, It does a lot of times. It causes teams to kind of shrink back, It causes teams to fear what's going to happen to them when they try to get the puck around and get it out of of their defensive zone. If they know you're going to hit them, they're going to be nervous. They're going to give up the puck. They're going to um, put the puck in a bad situation. They're going to pass the puck to a guy they shouldn't be passing it to. It's going to get intercepted, and you're going to score goals. I think this team is a little fragile right now. Their psyche is definitely fragile. You know, that they talk about getting down two to nothing and they need to be able to come back from that. But the Blues have not been able to do that this year. They have only come back from two goals down one time. One time this year. That's a whole year. That includes even when they were playing well at the first part of the year when they were like 21 and eight or something like that. This team does not have the ability to come back. And as Jake Allen said in these last 20 games, they may have to be coming back in a lot of games. I think Jake was very honest about the way the team's playing. He didn't destroy him, and I'm not expecting him to destroy his team. I don't think a player should do that. But I think Jake was the most honest of what this team's going through. There's going to be games where you give your best effort and your best game and you lose. But this Blues team, in my mind, is not given their best effort. And the players and the coaches keep saying, it's not effort, it's not talent, it's not confidence. Yeah, it is. It's all three of those. I'm not a blues hater. I've been called that off and on. But if you go back and listen to my podcast, when they play well, 
hell, I say they play well. When they dominate, I say they dominate. And that 4-3 to three loss to Nashville, that second period where they scored three goals, that was their best period all year long in my mind. They played great in that second period. And they played pretty good in the first period. It's that third period that was probably their worst. So they had their best period and their worst period of the year in one game. And you can't do that, especially against a team like Nashville. What's this team going to look like Sunday, tomorrow against Nashville? It will have to be a no-mistake game or we're going to be looking at their sixth loss in a row. I want this team to succeed, but I don't see how they're going to succeed in these last 20 games. Do you guys realize they're going to probably have to go, I would say, 13-7, and 12-8 and eight at the worst to make the playoffs? And right now, can you honestly see this team winning 12 to 13 games out of 20 games with the way they're playing right now? Can you see that? I can't. I just can't. I don't know what they're going to do. This is a good division, a good conference. And even if they win 12, 13 games out of the last 20, if the Jets and Nashville and Dallas and Winnipeg and the Kings and the Avalanche and the Flames and the Sharks and all the other teams that are vying for playoff positioning play better than that, or most of them do, Blues are screwed. Another topic I wanted to touch on was the fact that all these players were very upset. Tarasenko was pissed that fans booed Jake Allen. Yeah, the fans are booing Jake Allen, but they also were booing you during times. I don't think Jake deserves it. A goaltender can save you a game when you're off, but when you're off constantly and you continue to make mistakes and can't score, like I said, if Jake would have allowed one goal, they still would have lost one to nothing. This loss is not on Jake Allen. It's just not. Your team needs to be able to score and come back from one to two goal deficits. You have to. You're not going to win games in the regular season doing that, and you're not going to win games in the playoffs. You're not going to win four out of seven. Teams bring their best game in the playoffs, regardless of one through eight. They just do. Like I said, though, if they can weather the storm, get back to playing mistake-free hockey, stop being soft in my mind, stop worrying about the fans booing you. Just go play. You have to play the game 60 minutes. Yeah, you may have some times where you're not at your best, but you can't allow mistakes at this point of the season to cost you games. You can't allow bad defense to cost you games. You can't allow a bad goal to be let in by your goaltender to cost you games, especially for the Blues, a team that cannot score. And the ability to not score, that leads me to the trade deadline. What does this team do? Do they trade for a Hoffman? Do they trade for a Pacioretty? Do they trade for an Evander Kane that might help them get in the playoffs? But Evander Kane's going to be gone at the end of the year. I wouldn't want Evander Kane. I I don't really like him as a player to begin with. He's got off-ice issues. So that leaves Pacioretty and Hoffman. Pacioretty will be here for a little bit. You know, he's got a contract that doesn't end at the, at the year. Hoffman's got a contract that's done next year. So Hoffman could help you get into the playoffs, help you the rest of this year, help you next year. And if you didn't want to trade him, going toward the trade deadline, help you next playoffs. 
That's just the way it is. Pacioretty could be a very similar type guy. They really don't want him in Montreal anymore. They're looking to go younger. But what do you do? Do you give up a top prospect for people like that? If you think those guys can help you, and I'm throwing a Vander Kane out. If the Blues get a Vander Kane, they're just stupid. But what does Pacioretty and Hoffman do for you? What do you give up for it? If they strengthen your lines and make that first and second line stronger, and by making those lines stronger, a, a trickle-down effect makes your third line stronger. If that's what happens, and it gives you a chance to do well in the playoffs without giving up the farm and without giving up three picks, a prospect, and a player, Hey, if you got to give up a prospect and you have to give up a player and a draft pick, I'm not as opposed to it. But don't go selling the farm for these guys. Just don't do it. I would be less upset if this team didn't make a move. They squeaked into the playoffs and lost in the first round. As opposed to giving up everything, getting a player that's pretty good and can add something to you like a Pacioretty or a Hoffman, and you maybe get out of the first round, but you're losing the second round. I would prefer not to give that up. Do something in the offseason. Some of these guys are going to be available in the offseason to where you may not have to give up as much. Teams hold you hostage when it gets to be around trading deadline time. We're getting so close to that. We're less than 48 hours away from it. What are they going to do? Pittsburgh got loaded again. Pittsburgh got Broussard. And... I find it funny that everybody on NHL Network says, well, I guess this means that they're serious about going for three cups in a row. Are you saying that before they didn't get Broussard, they weren't serious? This team has said all along in Pittsburgh that they want to win three cups in a, in a row. What team doesn't want to do that? So to say, well, this shows that they want to win three cups, I thought that that was a given. I thought they did want to win three cups before they even got Broussard. I think Vegas is getting a good player in that deal and Ryan Reeves. I think Ottawa's getting a good defenseman and Ian Cole. Sad to see him go to a bad team, the former Blue. But, hey, it makes Pittsburgh better. Now, do I think Pittsburgh is just going to have such an easy time? No, I don't. I think there's a lot of teams in the East that if they play their game can beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is not infallible. That they, they, they it's People are going on like they're going to win 12 straight games and get into the Stanley Cup. That they're going to sweep everybody, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0. That's not a given. Uh, look at last year and in the last several years. How many NHL analysts picked the Blackhawks? Hell, we've still got people saying the Blackhawks are going to come back with, with 20 games left or around that and get in the playoffs and they're really going to bite people unexpectedly. The Blackhawks have not shown me they can do that. They've been just as inconsistent, if not more, than the Blues. Up one game, down another game. There's even talk that they might want to trade Taze. I know people said, man, he'd look good in the Blues uniform. I don't see Chicago giving a Taze to the Blues at all for anything. And, you know, do you want him? Really, do you want him? He's been a good player. He's been a very good player for several years. Helped him win Stanley Cups. Is he still that player? Some will say yes, some will say no. There is so much that goes on in a locker room, on the bench, 
that if you've never played hockey, you don't know what it's exactly like. And even if you've played hockey, like someone like myself who played from the time they were very young until um, I had a stroke several years back and am unable to play due to it. I know a lot about what goes on in the hockey locker rooms, but I can't sit here and tell you exactly what's going on. I can't, and I'm not going to do that. I don't know. I think from the fact that the Blues had a meeting with their players that there's some beefs out there that some players maybe have with others, or maybe the coach has beefs with people. I just don't know. And I'm not going to say that's what's going on for sure. It may have just been an airing out session where some players wanted to say what's on their minds. Could have been that. I don't know what kind of locker room they have. When you see these guys out places together, they look like they get along really well. They look like they like each other. And a lot of times when you see that outwardly in places like the casino night the other day for the Blues, when you see them out at local establishments, restaurants, bars, Cardinals games, these guys will be together. They look like they get along. But please, fans, don't make any judgments and say the Blues locker room is terrible. But at the same time, don't say it's great. Because I, you just don't know. You don't know. So let's hope they correct this. This team does have talent. Do they have as much talent as we thought they had at the beginning of the year? Probably not. But this team is better, in my mind, than they're playing. Are they a top 3-4 team in the Western Conference? No, I don't think so. I really don't. I think they're a 5-8 to eight team somewhere in that range. I, I really do. If they play their game but they've got to play their game. Well, let's hope they play their game against Nashville tomorrow. It's going to be tough, but if they play their game, cut down on mistakes, play a consistent 60 minutes, they could win this game. Think of how much confidence this team would have if they could beat Nashville. Huge boost for them. If they beat Nashville, I would say the next couple games, like against Minnesota, they better be very wary because this may be a team that could start a run. Or... They could fall on their face. It's so frustrating to have a team that you just don't know which team's going to show up. And that's what we have in St. Louis right now. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast, to listen to my thoughts. I greatly appreciate it. You guys are the reason why I do this. You know, I love hockey. I love the Blues fans. I love our team here. I love the NHL. And it's such a privilege to bring the podcast to you guys. I want to say a big shout out to Colin down in Texas, a big fan that uh, emails me from time to time and we discuss blues hockey. I want to give a shout out to Zach, the local guy that's always sending me tweets, uh, private messages, talking to me. I want to give a shout out to Jennifer. She does the same thing. Uh, Ashley does. Stephanie does. Uh, Michelle does. You guys are great. Thank you so much for listening to the show and staying in touch with me. I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy your hockey games, and of course, let's go Blues. This has been the Drop Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, www.droppodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our show and download current and past episodes from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and Google Play. You can follow The Drop on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. For more information about lineupmedia.fm or The Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com, theofficialdrop at gmail.com, or lansd.com 
at droppodcast.com. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.